and welcome to the Brotherhood Without Matters podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Bright, and uh, yeah, this time we're going to be talking about all sorts of Game of Thrones related stuff. But first, let's just let's just celebrate the day that it is. Sound. What is sound, you might ask? Do you know? We don't know. Nobody knows. Well, unless you're from Ireland, in which case you know it's the start of winter. It's November 1st, sometimes called the Celtic New Year. Who by? I don't know. Rory McKiernan, who said it on Twitter, uh... Not to me, he just said it in general. I saw it earlier and I liked it. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, it's related to kind of like the biggest day that's been kind of recently is Halloween, which was yesterday. Um, but how it all connects up is that the Irish imported Halloween or sound to America when they emigrated there in great numbers during the Great Famine and after the Great Famine in the mid 1840s. And uh, sound has its roots in Ireland going back thousands of years. And it was a time when the doorways to the other world or the afterlife or where the ghosts went, basically, uh, they opened and it allowed supernatural beings and the souls of the dead to come into our world. So spooky Halloween ghosts and stuff and offerings were made to welcome the dead while people wore scary masks and costumes to ward off those evil spirits and, and make sure you weren't mugged by a ghost, which was kind of the big fear at the time. Uh, the Christian church then tried to Christianize it and clean it up by calling it All Hallows Day. And that made the day before All Hallows Eve. And eventually that all changed to Halloween. Hallow Eve, Halloween. I don't know. I don't know how that worked. but Apparently, people just like twisting words and stuff. Anyway, yeah, some traditions that stuck around since then have been the Jack O'Lantern. Jack O'Lantern. Ha ha ha, Irish. Uh, that basically what that is now is carving faces into pumpkins although this is version 2.0 of that tradition the first original version was when the Irish carved faces into pumpkins uh, just to kind of ward off evil spirits uh, as far as I know that's what it was for but they only had turnips in Ireland and they only had pumpkins in America so they had to compromise how does this relate to Game of Thrones? not really at all Unless you grab at straws and say that the faces carved into the heart trees are similar to pumpkins, duck and lanterns. I don't know. Yeah, you could you could make a line there. There's a line there that you could join if you really wanted to. But anyway, on to the more pressing stuff. The casting news for the Game of Thrones prequel spin-off thing. Uh, and we got a name as well, The Long Night. And that might have been out already for a long time. But anyway, I thought I'd announce it. Um, and like we've got we got a huge name cast as the lead Naomi Watts uh she was in King Kong Mulholland Drive the Impossible Birdman as well and she was in the Twin Peaks TV show Oscar nominated so that's pretty big she's probably going to get killed off after season 1 no one game of thrones tradition and she's playing a charismatic socialite hiding a dark secret so um we'll see how long that stays hidden for who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. It's it's the basically the story is going to be um, the end of the Age of Heroes. So who knows who she's going to be? If you if you think you know, just tweet us at Brotherhood Pod, or just ignore that <laughs> and keep it to yourself because you got money resting on it. Uh, also cast is Josh Whitehouse who. I had not heard of before this announcement, but apparently he's known. He's in the BBC series Paul Dark, which is about boat people and shit. And uh, no details on his character yet. Um, 
I'm, I'd say it won't be too long before we find out more about it. Um, and yeah, yeah, just more info about the Long Night. Uh, screenwriter Jane Goldman, who co-wrote Kickass, uh, she's gonna, be, she's behind it. Uh, other news: Dario Naharis, or at least the actor Michael Huseman, 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 knows the ending to Game of Thrones. He says he can't wait to see the finale, or at least he told Digital Spy that. And he later added, I don't know what to say. I shouldn't spoil anything, so I'm not going to tell you. Do you really know? If you really knew, you probably would have said, because you probably don't have a role. Or do you think he's going to make it the whole way? Do you think he's going to like be the head of the Golden Company for s- somehow? He's going to have abandoned Marine and let the shit hit the fan down there. And go up to Bravos, join the Golden Company, become a faceless man, and all, all that shit. Who knows? Maybe he was a faceless man all along. I why am I joining him to the faceless man? I don't know. Anyway, uh, other stuff that's happened in uh, Maisie Williams and Sophie Sophie Turner, <laughs> Sophie Murder. No, Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner uh, revealed what they do in their downtime or did in their downtime between uh, scenes. They had sleepovers every night, uh, according to Sophie Turner. Um, or every night whenever both of us are in town, we used to sit there and eat and watch stupid videos and smoke weed. So, um, yeah, you sure probably shouldn't say that, Sophie, because marijuana is illegal in Northern Ireland. And uh, you may have just incriminated yourself. But let's, let's, not, let's not dwell on that right now, because uh, we don't want to see our beloved actors and actresses locked up for recreational use uh, in order to ward off paparazzi camera drones the production team apparently uses a device that shoots them down from the sky like the shoots the like projectiles the paparazzi, paparazzi camera drones that they fly in uh, maybe it's like the night king with his little javelin throw, like knocking them out of the sky who knows anyway that's pretty cool and uh, the cast also films dummy scenes that throw off spoiler chasers. Apparently they got into costume in Croatia, um, where the paparazzi lurk. So they would spend a day there, or they would spend like half a day in Croatia doing nothing. Which is interesting, I guess. That's like, what a waste of money. Anyway. Sansa, she's a lot. She's been in the news all over the place this last while, especially in like Halloween yesterday. She had her uh, Adam's family Cal- um, Halloween outfit with her boyfriend, engaged guy, fiance. That's the word, um, which is really cool. But anyway, she Sansa Sophie Turner revealed that she stole uh, a corset after filming finished on the show. And she also revealed that Maisie Williams and Kit Harrington both took home swords from the show, which is, I, I'd rather have the swords than the corset. I'm going to be honest, but uh, I might be biased in saying that. <laughs> um, and yeah, Maisie Williams kept the brown, the ugly brown jacket that <laughs> that uh, that she had in the show. I don't really, I don't know. It's really weird. Um, she was talking to Comic Con in San Diego. And she said, she revealed kind of what could happen in season eight and increasingly vague terms like Sansa really comes into her own next season. She's kind of been lost, but this season she's very self-assured and knows what she wants. But she pretty much said that before season seven too. So uh, I think that's kind of been 
like an increasing thing, Sansa knowing what she's doing. And uh, I don't know, unless she gets slapped down by someone like Cersei, I don't. I think it's going to keep happening. Or Daenerys. That's going to be interesting. I bet Sansa is going to hate Daenerys. But that's just me, like, throwing that out there. Um, anyway, slight divergent away from Game of Thrones territory here. I, when I was growing up, anyway, when I was in my teens, I liked reading uh, the Inheritance series by Christopher Paolini, which is like Aragon, Eldest, uh, Rissinger, and Inheritance. Yes, those four. Uh, they're basically, they're like a baby Game of Thrones, kind of, but uh, it's more PG-friendly and uh, teen angst than Game of Thrones is. And, uh, yeah, this guy wrote, wrote the first one when he was, like, 15. That's crazy. Imagine writing, like, a 500-word book whenever you're 15. 500-word? 500-page book. 500-word <laughs> book would not be very big. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. The last book was out in 2011, so it's, like, eight years later now, or six, seven years later now. And um, he's finally come out with a follow-up to the, the cycle which is called The Fork, The Witch, and The Worm, Tales from Allegasia. And it's his first foray into the, that universe since since the last book, and it's, it's, uh, it should be an interesting return. Um, I'll just give you the synopsis. If you're familiar with it, great. If you're not, you can skip over this part. Or actually, no, read the fucking book, because they're great books. Uh, if not less gory than Game of Thrones. Uh, anyway, here is... It's been a year since Aragorn departed Allegasia in a search for the perfect home to train a new generation of dragon riders. Now he is struggling with an endless sea of tasks, constructing a vast dragonhold, wrangling with suppliers, guarding dragon eggs, and dealing with belligerent urgles and haughty elves. Then a vision from Eldenari, unexpected visitors, and an exciting urgle legend offer much-needed distraction and a new perspective. This volume features three original stories set in Allegasia and interspersed with scenes from Aragorn's own unfolding adventure. Included is an excerpt from the memoir of the unforgettable witch and fortune teller Angela the Herbalist. She was one of my favorite characters. Penned by Angela Paolini, the inspiration for the character herself. And I think Angela Paolini was Christopher's, the author's sister, as far as I know. I'm not going to Google that, but I'm just going to I'm just going to throw it out there as fact, and you can correct me later if you're so inclined. Um, back to Game of Thrones. Uh, George Martin revealed that the parable of Game of Thrones is global warming is happening, and we shouldn't pay so much attention to politics whenever the sea levels are going to flood us all and um, lead us to a murky future. Um, yeah, it's not really a shock, but it's the first time he's kind of come out and said it explicitly. This next part I'm going to talk about is basically it's just as a theory from this uh, Reddit user called Laser Circus, who posted it in a Reddit of Ice and Fire, and uh, he said that there's a pattern of deaths in Game of Thrones, and he thinks he or she. <laughs> I'm going to assume the gender. The pattern is basically Tywin Lannister is obsessed with building up the family legacy only to be killed by his own son. Littlefinger was killed with the dagger he used to try and kill Bran. With Bran's go-ahead, uh, Ramsay was eaten alive by dogs he trained to kill other people, which is quite ironic and quite wonderful. And uh, Olena was killed by poison after poisoning Joffrey herself. So yeah, then there's more. There's more. There's even more of such examples like 
I'm not even going to go into it. But uh, anyway, the predictions that Laser Circus had was that Brienne will die probably by a Stark to keep her oath to Lady Catelyn. Is that going to happen? Maybe, but I don't see a Stark killing her unless it's like the Night King turns out to be a Stark, in which case, you know, probably. Um, <laughs> Melisandre will die being burned alive after all her shit because fire is the purest death, apparently. Um... That would pretty much be the only real way that I can imagine Melisandre dying. Because, yeah, after all the people she died serving the fire, by fire, ugh, I don't know. It seems like the only reasonable way that she can go. Anyway, I've been playing this um, this game, this mobile game, called Reigns, Game of Thrones. And it's like a spin-off from a game called Reigns. I've played the original game, but I just played the Game of Thrones one. But it's interesting, it's like, it's like an adventure game, so you either swipe left or right to make decisions and you play as someone who's sitting on the Iron Throne and either the current part of the show or the kind of the future after it, the near future after it I've been playing it now like non-stop for the last few days and it's really cool and uh, yeah because the, the, the storylines are really interesting and stuff and uh, yeah you can play is like eight different characters and every decision you make has a bearing on what's coming down the line so you're kind of spinning plates to appease everyone. And that's a really cool game, and I really recommend playing it. It it does cost like four euro, but that's nothing really for what you get. And you can at least pretend that you're getting season eight of Game of Thrones, even though it's not for months. Uh, one thing I will say is that sometimes the cards can get a bit repetitive after a while, but you're always trying to unlock new ones later on. That's kind of the point of the game, just trying to unlock new endings. I'm not going to spoil it. That's just a really interesting game, and I think you should all play it. And tell me what you think. Uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, keep an eye on Grey Area's YouTube. Um, Grey Area, the Game of Thrones YouTuber. I was on talking to her about the episode of uh, Game of Thrones Season 1, A Crown of Gold, where um, uh, Viserys gets his crown, and uh, amongst other things. And, yeah, that should be really interesting. She's going through like a rewatch of all the episodes of Game of Thrones uh, in anticipation for season eight, and um, I'm really looking. I like the stuff she's put out so far. She's collaborated with loads of YouTubers, and it's been really interesting so far. And I can't actually wait to see uh, what's coming up. Um, but yeah, check out my one whenever it's out. I don't know when it will be. It could be a couple of weeks. Could be this weekend. I don't know. But anyway, uh, keep an eye out on our Facebook page. We will be announcing our competition winner on November 4th, which is this Sunday. You could be in with a chance of winning a fantastic, lovely, superb Stark direwolf necklace or chain or whatever you want to call it. It's still cool. And uh, you can enter it on our Facebook page and you'll be subscribed with the latest podcast episodes regardless uh, after you enter. I'll leave a link to the top of the show notes if you want to learn more and enter the competition yourself. Uh, you can keep up to date with us on Instagram forward slash brotherhoodmanners where I post memes every so often, sometimes, mostly related to The Simpsons uh, and Game of Thrones. I make them myself. I'm a, I'm a home cook. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Brotherhood Pod. We're also on Facebook if you want to bop us on a question or your thoughts on the episode. Or you can even record your question and send it to us at our email, bannersmanners at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe and do all the rest of it at hear this at or itunes and all the podcast apps um so we can subscribe and give the podcast a mighty rating and review if you want if you so desire if you don't that's fine 
Uh, I'm Ryan McBride, and thanks for listening.